0: Welcome to The Institution, public education about education for families, educators, and even students of all ages. Today's section is originally posted on August 5th, 2019. It's all about sleep and its impact on both children and adults today. And I would recommend this actually to everyone, uh, teachers, parents, any human being that doesn't have much prior knowledge about how sleep patterns affect us. This section is going to be the first part of a three-part series on establishing regular routines to support children. When they get to school every day part two will be about eating habits and exercise and part three will be about homework extracurriculars and other out of school activities i just want to say before anything else that i don't want to come across as preachy like this is how you should do it or something like that i've already said this in previous sections and i'll probably say this a million more times teachers have a hard job but parents have the hardest jobs in the world i just want to share things that i've learned as an educator and just a regular person that strives to take care of himself. I definitely don't do all the things that I'll be saying could be good for you, but as with many things, do as I say, not as I do. Finally, everyone is different, and what might be good for people in general might not be optimal for you or your students specifically. There's always exceptions. With that said, let's get right into it. So many countries report insufficient sleep in their populations. So it's not just an American thing. Um, And it's definitely not just a thing among teenagers, which we often every once in a while see like an article on like, oh, teenagers aren't getting enough sleep. We got to make sure they get enough sleep because they're having learning losses. Here's top five things you can do. Or here's like some statistics on the rankings of um, people that don't get enough sleep. There's always sleep is something that seems to always, always be in a men's or women's health magazine or some fitness magazine that comes up and education magazines every once in a while. Millions, I mean billions of dollars are apparently lost in productivity worldwide every year because of sleep deprivation. And this isn't something like um, people are staying up all night doing something or other. Sleep deprivation is just an instance of not having that optimal amount of sleep, and for op for saying what's optimal is a bit touchy because of course everyone's different. But I just want to run through some numbers. We'll start with that. Um, for infants, and actually, yeah, for infants, four months to twelve months, um, and this is from a study or these are guidelines from the American Associ- American Association of Sleep or something, but it is supported more importantly, by the American Association of Pediatricians, which I care a lot more about. Um, They say infants of four to 12 months should be sleeping 12 to 16 hours per day. And children of one to two years old should be sleeping 11 to 14 hours. And I'm sure many parents know this that have raised their baby from birth, that they sleep a lot. Um, But the amount of sleep that they want or that they'll take does go down. It does sort of uh, slope downward. Children of three to five years old should sleep 10 to 13 hours per day. Children of six to 12 years old should sleep nine to 12 hours. That might seem like a lot, but especially compared to adults that are only sleeping eight hours. But I mean, it sort of makes sense because they're still developing a lot. They're hitting that sort of Puberty time—that brain development, body development—it just completely shifts. Um, Teenagers of 13 to 18 years old should be sleeping 8 to 10 hours. They're not in that realm yet of you know the normative adult that it's like oh we sleep eight hours we're good, and they're definitely not what done developing. Um, Some number that's often thrown, thrown around is that. Even until we're age 25 as an adult, our brain is not done developing. So why does development matter with sleep? Well, it sounds like a myth, but it's actually true that we do. We might be doing a lot of growth during sleep. One thing for for sure, or at least there's the huge correlation that um, our long term memory gets consolidated during sleep, that all the things that we've learned, that we've taken in, that we've seen, heard throughout the day, that is what's being consolidated into long-term memory, making connections, as well as cutting off the unnecessary things. Like we don't need to remember everything we saw throughout the day. That's being um, pruned, that's being, um, you know, just deleted from the hard drive. While the important stuff is being tucked away, there are connections being built between them and that is during sleep. That doesn't happen while we're awake. Another thing that's happening during sleep that has to do with the brain is that some of the waste products that are produced, I think it's like amyloid B don't, or amyloid beta, don't quote me on that, um, I read the study, I didn't write it down, but the one of the toxins that's associated with Alzheimer's disease, um, that gets cleared away during sleep. So all the bad stuff is being washed out and on, the good stuff is being retained and that's happening during sleep and that's development. Um, also growth hormone is, while it is being released through the day into our bodies for children, the most concentrated amount, the highest intense release of it, the production and release of it is during sleep. So there is sort of like the saying that, oh, you're going to, you grow your hair during your sleep. But, I mean, the studies point to that as, yeah, there's there's truth to that. So if we're not getting the optimal amount of sleep to do our growing, then what are we getting? Well, for for my students, at least I can't speak for other people. I can't speak for teenagers even. But for my students, they are sleeping. Often eight hours, that's what I hear from them, sometimes less. Because I did survey them because I was curious that so many of my students came came to class tired, not just like one off, two offs, like maybe there was a family incident or they they came home from Disneyland late or after a vacation. It was. They're coming in sleepy and tired first thing in the morning. They they're like, uh, I wish I was back in bed and Sure, maybe school isn't great, but saying that you wish you could go back to sleep while you're already in school. That's it's not like a red flag, but that's not great to hear. Um, So I I surveyed them. I asked them and a lot of them are getting eight hours or less. And I think that does come from the, the not like sort of the ignorance of how much that kids should optimally be getting. Of course, not everyone needs nine to twelve. Some maybe could take eight and there might be like that wonder story of a crazy genius kid that sleeps like five hours a night and they've they're already doing calculus at age five or something. But if the American Association of Pediatricians is saying nine to twelve hours and I'm seeing that my own students in my like anecdotal little classroom, they're sleeping less than that, sometimes a lot less then I'm, I'm worried that kids really aren't getting enough sleep. And I remember as a teenager at least that I definitely wasn't sleeping eight to 10 hours and I was constantly tired. But, you know, resilient body, grow up and I'm fine. If I did sleep eight to 10 hours, maybe that I would have done better. Who knows? Um, but I'd be sleeping six hours because to be honest, I was video gaming. I was not studying. I wasn't like busting busting over textbooks and, you know, reading everything and reviewing, 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 although I there definitely are teenagers that do that. But if your child or your teenager or even you aren't sleeping, whatever amount of time probably would be optimal for you and you can experiment with that, to be honest, you can, you know, like one night you yourself could set a timer to the sleep for like six hours and then see how you feel the next day or do that for a few days, you can like, you know, play around on your own, with your own sleep patterns and see how what it does to you. Um, if you aren't sleeping that op- optimal time, whatever works for you, think about all the all the things that you do see as obvious, you know, consequences of too little sleep, like maybe when you're driving, you nod off. But also the things that you don't notice, like um, sleep is related to being able to maintain attention and short term memory. Um, and what, what what are you sacrificing for? What are you sacrificing sleep for? What are you, you or really your children doing at night? Because when I was video gaming, oh yeah, I would choose gaming over sleep anytime. But as I mentioned in the um, section about gaming, that's because I was addicted. I was addicted to gaming and at the time, even I could kind of see it, but I didn't care. Um, partly, again, as I mentioned in that section, because I had stuff going on that made me more prone to being addicted, but there, I had issues. So if your child is staying up because they are seriously addicted to the gaming itself, to playing games or they're like chatting with friends late at night, I mean, is that really worth it when the consequences of not sleeping are not potentially not growing as much, potentially not having learned as well, not being able to retain whatever skill, whatever knowledge you gain during the day as well, and even right away the day after not having not being able to maintain your attention and your awareness in class or even on your job. Um, Creativity is also something that seems to suffer with sleep that people this study did that they did was they um, gave them sort of like a test, not like a multiple choice ABCD test, but they gave them this test to take and people that had uh, sleep deprivation, they kept on trying to the same to the same answer over and over, even though it was wrong because and then they mark that as a sign of, oh, they were not able to be creative by coming up with different solutions to try against this problem. Um, So in that way, maybe creativity suffers when you lack sleep. And it it makes sense because uh, it's the brain isn't a muscle, of course, but to to be able to focus and brainstorm or just, I guess, you know, generally be creative. It takes a lot of attention and energy and awareness, and you don't get have that if you're lacking sleep. You just want to go to sleep. Um, so with all that said, with all of these things like you need your sleep um, wh- and you might not be feeling the effects of it. Maybe maybe you are attentive during the day. Maybe you don't hear stories from your, te- from your children's teacher saying, oh, so-and-so fell, fell asleep in class. There still might be these um, there still might be some negative consequences that you just don't feel as much because you've gotten used to not having enough sleep. And that's not great. I mean it's like, it's like some people get used to being sore all the time or having back pain and maybe it doesn't seem to hurt so much because you're used to it. but that doesn't make it acceptable. Um, or for example, I had um, a knee problem. And one thing that my body would do is it would sort of accommodate. It would sort of make up for that problem by um, by putting stress elsewhere on my body. So it sort of made up for it, but it didn't tackle the center, the, the actual issue. And that ended up with other problems in my body that I needed to end up having to go to um, a, a health professional and later on a physical therapist for. So. It's sort of something to address now. And even if you don't see some immediate significant consequence, you don't know, I guess, like you don't you don't lose out on much by experimenting with trying to get more sleep or trying to tuck in your children more earlier or cutting off your your teenager from technology earlier to try to get them more sleep. Because maybe you'll end up hitting some sort of breakthrough like, wow, I've I've never felt so energized. So energized in my life, or I've never been able to be as productive during the day. I thought I was a night owl, and you'll hear, you'll hear that from teenagers and college students all the time. Like they're night owls because they'll do their work during the night by staying up late and then being sleep deprived during the day. I that's not maybe they're not actually that way. They just have their body has learned how to cope with sleep deprivation. So really try, maybe try, try some of these things out. So, um, I mentioned it earlier, try cutting off tech at night and you'll hear this probably from any other self-help sort of idea or like a health professional or a teacher, like cut off the tech at night at an hour before you guys would turn in for bed. Just get away from that screen because one thing that's very heavily, um, related to sleep are circadian rhythms and which is as we we might know them and as I would think of them like the biological clock that tells your body it's time to go to sleep and you start getting sleepy. Uh, The circadian rhythms of our bodies are run by light and light and dark. So when when it gets dark, our body starts to produce melatonin. And that's sort of the thing that makes us start feeling drowsy. It's sort of a signal for our body, like, hey, it's dark now, it's probably time to go to bed. Um, The thing is that artificial light, especially blue light, the blue wavelengths, they suppress melatonin production. So, what we're doing, or what we're potentially doing, is that we're pushing our bodies to stay awake and uh, longer, which isn't a bad thing, you know, like one of the big achievements of humanity is being able to control light production like having back then it was candles and then light bulbs and that was great because then we'd have more hours of productivity more hours that we can do things in because we don't need like more than 12 hours of sleep as an adult when when like sunlight would be down Um, and in winter when the sun goes down at like 5 p.m. we don't actually need all that time to sleep So there is a positive to having artificial lighting, but there does need to be we should cut it off um, and sort of let that also be a trigger for our body. Before we go to bed, cut off tech, get away from the screen, which is like spraying light right into your retinas. Right. Um, And this is one of the things I'm I don't do very well. But, you know, Um, another thing that i do uh keep to is keeping a regular schedule of sleeping so for me that's 10 p.m bed 6 a.m wake up and the importance of that is sort of setting that biological clock that i don't need a alarm to wake up i my body gets up at six um and bedtime same thing i go to sleep like that like i don't need an i don't need um I guess there's no alarm for going to bed, but I don't need to lay there in bed rolling around for 15 minutes because my body just like turns off at that time, um, because I I've gotten used to it. I've been doing I've been doing 10 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. since I became a teacher, so it's it's been very successful for me at any rate. But um, in my surveying of kids a lot of them would switch up sleeping during the weekend. They'd sleep in. And that's not actually great because you don't catch up on sleep. And that's something that's been brought up a lot. Like you don't catch up on sleep during the weekend. You can't make up for that deficit because you were supposed to consolidate long-term memory. You're supposed to be constantly growing. Um, As a child, they're supposed to be constantly growing. You can't like... Make up for something that you were supposed to have done at that time, at that moment, at during that night, right? I mean, you will probably be less tired after the weekend, but if you go right back to a weekday schedule of sleep deprivation, sleeping only six hours, six hours, six hours, and then trying to sleep twelve hours Friday night, Saturday night, that's not that's not going to work. And a lot of people, or at least I've Yeah, a lot of the people that I've spoken to along with myself, I end up just feeling groggy when I oversleep. Um, Something that's better to do, however, if you are sleep deprived or if your child is sleep deprived is take a nap. Take a nap in the middle of the day, like right after your kid gets home from school, maybe do some sort of wind down activity, let them take a nap. They wake up and then get to work on homework and then some sort of after school activity, whatever that might be. A regular schedule is super important because that setting a biological clock will end up sort of laying the groundwork for so many other important routines like doing homework and being in a state of awareness to do homework, like going to school, like doing your job. You know, you can't be sleepy at the desk and not able to focus on um i don't know communicating with your with your team and setting up meetings or whatever you do Um, what will help in keeping a regular schedule would be making sure of course the tech is off but also temperature regulation and that's something super big for me i cannot sleep when i am warm i can't sleep when it's, it's too hot basically and it's not great, honestly, for, you know, environmental concerns, but I'll turn on the AC and it's not some, it's not a privilege that everyone has. And it's certainly not a privilege for people that don't even have an AC unit, right? Like in um, third world nations, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, most challenging things for that, that I've seen news stories of is that they can't sleep well during summer because it's just so hot and there's no temperature, right? temperature regulation at night, um, and it's sort of intuitive that when your body is active, it's warm, and when your body's inactive, it's cool, um, so your body uses uh, warmth, and like will trigger more, more um, not like actual activity, but I guess cellular activity, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an expert on this, but it will, your body will warm up when it's time to wake up, so inversely, it's time to go to sleep, cool down. Um, it's helped me hugely. And in what I've looked at my brief little like research quote unquote, that seems to be important as well. Um, and the biggest thing I'd say for you to support your students in having a maintained sleep schedule is to model it to do it yourself to cut yourself off from tech at night to stick to sleeping at i don't know 11 p.m or going to sleep at the same time as them. i doubt you should do that because you know you need to make sure they go to sleep first but you model it you you walk the talk you know and the kids will fall in line because if you're showing like I'm not going to do this I'm going to be on my phone for an hour while you have to read a book um sure it's good to have a household where like the te- the not the teacher the parent is in charge the parent does as he or she says that they'll do and want you know the child shouldn't question but it is a it is huge that you model it and that you, you, you live it as much as you preach it. Otherwise, there's just a lack of buy-in, right? Um, and that's sort of what's allowed me to sort of say that to kids. Otherwise, I'll feel disingenuous. So if you're able to do it and see positive effects and then you bring it to your children, that will do so much for teachers probably for you and your children um i wish that my kids all came to school every day well rested because we're always starting the day off sort of like needing to get energized we're starting off on the wrong foot um and that comes up again like right after lunch you're so tired and I guess a lot of teachers and schools have accepted that as that's just the way it is. But I don't know. I don't think it should be. I hope you can sleep easy, even if you or your your children are getting anxious for school starting back up. We're all in this together for the kids, and we're always learning. This is the institution, and if you want to reach out with other back-to-school questions or worries, you can email theinstitutionpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at institutionpod. So I'll be putting out two more sections before basically I get started back up for school in mid-August. And again, part two will be about diet and exercise. Part three will be about um, homework and other after school activities, just building, just my, me talking about building in routines for everything. Um, and when the new school year starts, new sections will be up every Monday and Thursday morning. 6 a.m. Eastern for the drive to school or work and the drive home. Thanks for listening.